Welcome to Kingdom Perspectives. My name is Simone Turner, and it's my privilege to host you for today's podcast. Kingdom Perspectives is all about getting God's perspective on life, culture, and ministry. In a world of increasing noise and deception, we need to cut through the confusion and complexity of the times we live in and get God's perspective on our lives. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be a great blessing to us. It's my pleasure to welcome and introduce to you today our very own Pastor Corey, or he is known to some little people in his world as <laughs> Corcor. <laughs> Just so you can all use that next time you talk to him. Well, we're learning new things already with you hosting this podcast, Simone. How are you going? I'm going well, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yes, I'm sure you'll do amazing. Are you coping with me on lockdown at the moment? You're doing better this round than you did the first round. Okay, so, <laughs> thank yeah, you. We have our moments, moments. still. Rather than days, so that's good. That's good. (laughs) So you've just got the gift of exhortation and encouragement. I like to help. Yeah, thank you. So today our subject is about the prophetic from a New Testament perspective. Really exciting to talk about. And I know you've got a lot of experience and information, so really looking forward to it. Great. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think uh, this is a um, subject that's close to my heart. And it's also so important that we talk about, particularly for believers, the body of Christ, as well as the current circumstances that we're all facing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really good at the moment to see a lot of conversation happening around the prophetic. Um, People are really keen to know what is God speaking and saying in this season. So maybe we could start from the start Mm -hmm. and uh, you could kind of give us a bit of a brief overview of where did your prophetic journey start? Yeah, it's my journey into the prophetic um, really started as a child and into my adolescent years. My own mother had a dramatic experience um, when she was pregnant with me of encountering God's voice, um, not only about her own life, but about um, my future. And, uh, and that story and those promises and words that she received at that time really began to shape uh, a curiosity within me about all things Uh, hearing God's voice, intimacy with God. However, no one really spoke to me or taught me the mechanics of uh, prophecy. In my adolescent years, um, I'm grateful that there were leaders in my world that asked me to uh, pray at different events for people and contribute uh, in ministry in different ways. And during those moments, um, as I began to pray and minister to people, Um, the feedback was sort of this alarming surprise look. How did you know those things about me? Or have you been talking to my mum or grandmother or whatever it may be? And I didn't understand what they were talking about um, because uh, for me it was very intuitive and a very natural outflow of just what I was sensing and discerning and knowing about certain people. And so I had the ignorance and the boldness to simply open up my mouth and say whatever comes out. And as you know, with prophecy, that can be a little bit hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is if your gift remains intuitive, then not only will you not really understand it, but you won't be able to help anybody else yeah. understand that as well. And I think in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Paul says, concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed, which means I don't want you to be ignorant, mm-hmm. 
when we're ignorant of how something works, our tendency is to abuse it. Yeah. And sometimes, as you've seen, I can be very ignorant <clears throat> of how to use my MacBook and uh, ah, yes. I end up <laughs> either crying out for help um, or abusing it significantly. Throwing it across the room. Yeah. <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> getting there. Um, but when it comes to the prophetic, uh, if we don't understand it, if we're ignorant of how it works, mm. not only is there potential for abuse, but we begin to be afraid of allowing that important ministry into our lives. And I love what James Gold says. He says, for too long, the church has been a non-profit organization because of abuse and isolation of the gifts. Mm. And I think the answer to the misuse of the gifts isn't the non-use, but the proper use. Yeah, I think as an observant of your life for many, many years now and even seeing the development of the prophetic in you, you've always endeavoured to be really biblical about how you use your gift and to understand it. But also it's always been something that's really been expressed very naturally in your life. And I think that's something really relatable that you bring to do with the prophetic, that um, it's something to do with your relationship with God. It flows out of that and then it naturally um, is expressed to people. So I've watched many people be blessed by the way that you express that. Oh, thank you. Where would you – yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> Where would you say um, most of the problems with the prophetic begin? I think um – where we see that there is a misuse or an abuse of the prophetic, it's not often because people are deliberately, <clears throat> intentionally with evil intent yeah. to use prophecy in a way to hurt others. Mm -hmm. But I think it's when zealous believers approach New Testament prophetic expressions with an Old Testament mindset and perspective. Mm -hmm. um, in Revelation 19.10, it says, "...the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy." So all of our New Testament current expressions of prophecy must really uh, bring Jesus into focus. And the prophetic, like any other ministry, requires accountability. Just as every river has a bank to it, uh, and without a bank, the river becomes a flood, which causes damage. So too our, in our ministry, and particularly with the prophetic, there needs to be some uh, boundaries, there needs to be some accountability and some guidelines for how it can be best and most effectively administered. The nature of prophecy in the Old Testament was really characterized by judgment yeah. through the law, um, whereas the nature of prophecy in the New Testament is characterized by mercy and grace. Yeah, and so it's really important that we don't apply an old covenant mentality mm -hmm. to a new covenant mm -hmm. expression. Deuteronomy 18.20 <laughs> excuse me, the whole idea of false prophets get stoned. Yeah. Um, probably not best to apply that to a New Testament prophetic ministry. Yeah, I'm really glad that doesn't happen anymore these days. Yes. We yeah, would be in trouble. <laughs> we all be in trouble. Um, and the reason is, is because we're grace-filled, not law-driven. Uh, prophecy in the Old Testament wasn't judged because uh, people were spiritually dead. Um, and the only way to truly judge it um, uh, was if the prophecy came to pass or not. Uh, the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out upon all flesh. There was no paradigm of a spirit-filled 
awareness to filter within our own selves the prophetic word that was given. But in the New Testament, the receiver of prophecy has as much responsibility as the deliverer or the giver of prophecy because of 1 John 2, 27, the anointing abides in every single one of us. I think that's such a great point that both those who are receiving the word and those who are giving the word, they both carry a responsibility because we all have the access to the Holy Spirit. So good. Yeah. So what would you say, what would your advice be uh, for a solution to recovering a healthy New Testament approach to prophecy? Well, I think it begins with understanding that whatever God manifests in us must edify others through us. And um, I'll say it again because I think it's important that that truth goes deep into our hearts. Whatever God manifests in me must edify others through me. That's a really good filter from a New Testament perspective. And I think Paul speaks about this in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, when he says, Since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. His whole focus here is, hey, there's nothing wrong with pursuing the things of the Spirit. The Scriptures say, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Nothing wrong with having a greater uh, hunger and drive for the manifestations of the Spirit. The issue is the motive as to why you want that, and is that about for the benefit of others, or is that simply about ourselves? I think problems occur when we elevate individual manifestation over corporate edification. And the Corinthian church, particularly, uh, was the audience that Paul was writing to, um, were comparing gifts um, with each other. And so uh, someone spoke in tongues, someone spoke in prophecy, someone had this gift, someone had that gift, and they're almost wearing their gifts as a badge of superiority. And what Paul does is he brings it into right focus. He contrasts tongues and prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14, and he essentially says that while he wishes that all of us would speak in tongues, and speaking in tongues is a powerful uh, part of our own walk with God, he essentially says that individual manifestations must submit to the corporate well-being of people around about us. <clears throat> and I know, like you, we've been in prayer meetings and different church services and in different corporate worship settings where some things were going down that were not um, contributing to the worship moment, but were in fact distracting people away from it. And Paul simply says, uh, you know, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So I would encourage you to not become more enamored with the manifestation mm. than you do with the purpose behind it. Right. Whatever God reveals to me must be filtered through uh, not just my own walk with God or what the Scriptures teach for me individually, but how does this serve those around me? And so one of the uh, questions that I ask in alignment with 1 Corinthians 14 is a question like, does it build up? Does the manifestation or the word that God has given to me, particularly prophecy, does it edify others? Does it stir up or exhort people to, to be encouraged? And then lastly, does it lift up? Does it comfort? Does it bring healing to people's brokenness? And I think that... Um, when we begin to approach prophecy from that perspective, yeah. the the expression, the theme of it really reflects more the heart of God. I think one of the important things within this is to understand the difference between 
the diagnosis of the problem and the prognosis, what's the solution? Um, It's easy if someone is prophetically inclined to get a word about a problem in someone's life or a problem in the world. And we see even now at the moment with uh, COVID-19 and all of the challenges happening around the world, there's a whole lot of uh, doomsdayers and people calling out all the problems. Um, Diagnosing the problem um, of what is, is only part of it. Um, God's got answers. And so it's not just about the problem, it's about the prognosis. What is the solution? What is to come? And even if God might reveal a problem, it's not to name and shame or condemn. It's actually to then provide a solution to bring people into a place of victory. Mm -hmm. Being prophetic is not about exposing problems. It's about speaking to God's solutions for people's lives. Yeah, I love that. And as you're talking, I'm just getting a real sense of the heart of God and our love for people and God's love for people is so important to be expressed as we deliver what God's heart is, what God's saying, what God's voice is for that person. And um, I just think that there's been so many times when, you know, you've diligently delivered a word and the person has felt so seen and so loved. Um, And that's God's heart as he delivers his word. So love rules, hey? Um, (laughs) But I guess as we're talking about how we deliver a prophetic word or a prophecy to someone, can you tell us what you think are some of the key obstacles to delivering a prophecy and how do we overcome it? I think one of the things that prophetic people can do or people who feel a burden to share a word is that they carry a burden for the word but not for the person. Uh, the prophetic, particularly in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, there was this yeah. this passion, this overwhelming yeah. burden for the integrity and truth of the word. Yeah. And I would exhort all of us to maintain that passion and integrity for the word. But whilst the word uh, is true, it may be accurate, uh, at the end of the day, God intends that truth to, to minister to a person. Um, prophecy begins with a burden and it is important that we follow the burden and a part of the practical delivery of that is for me I ask God questions what are you saying to whom are you saying this to Mm -hmm. Uh, just because God speaks to an individual doesn't mean it's for that individual or doesn't mean it's for somebody else it could actually be for that individual Um, how do you want me to deliver that word? Yeah. When do you want me to deliver that word? The issue of timing, the issue of content, the issue of theme is all really important. And I think too often zealous believers operate in presumption where they love to speak the truth, but they fail to speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And so prophetic ministry isn't about, well, I've just got something to say. Well, it's actually, do I have anything of worth to say? Yeah. It's not just having being on a soapbox and having no, a platform right. and having to say something. It's whether or not you've got anything of value to add or to say to someone. And, and I think that um, if the burden isn't twofold, that is firstly, a burden for the purity of the word, and secondly, a burden of love for people, right. our, our delivery practically of the prophetic word can actually be corrupted. 
I um, remember a story of Oral, uh, around the death of Oral Roberts. And before he passed away, he called a number of leaders from across the body of Christ to his home. And he wanted to share with them one final word from God. And there was a young man who desperately wanted Oral Roberts, the great healing evangelist of the 20th century, to lay hands upon him and impart. Well, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> totally. I'd be there too, last putting moment, my hand last up. Last chance. Um, <laughs> before the chariots and the horses come. Yeah, that's right. Um, and he wanted Oral Roberts to lay hands on him and impart the gift of healing. And... Oral Roberts was getting a little bit annoyed by these final moments and he actually said to this young man, son, just fall more in love with God and with people and the healing ministry will take care of itself. And he was communicating an important truth around the motivation for ministry, which is love. Power without love eventually hurts people. Um, That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14.1, pursue love. And then earnestly desire spiritual gifts. He didn't say pursue spiritual gifts first. He said pursue love because it's out of love that a true earnest desire for the spiritual gifts finds a pure expression. And Paul spoke about in 1 Corinthians 13, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries, but I don't have love, I am nothing. And so my exhortation to all of us is to encourage us to keep first things first to not just have a burden for the purity of the word, but a burden to love people. Because at the end of the day, prophetic ministry is about edifying, about encouraging and and stirring and exhorting people to be the completed selves that God has called them to be. It's so good. That's such a great um, way to sum it up, even uh, for anybody who is wanting to grow in the prophetic, they feel God speaks to them often. Yeah. Um, they want to know how to, to share that, that we begin with that love for people. It comes out of our love relationship with God, and then we um, deliver that in love. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed today you've also been really keen to encourage those zealous Christians. So that's been good too. You've used yeah. that word a few times. Yeah. Our zealous Christians, our, our fellow brothers and sisters that are so for the things of God and they're so intensely wanting to do what God asked them to do. But to ask a series of questions yeah. before we jump into that space is, really is actually really good advice. So thank you for that today. Thank you for so much for sharing today. Um, I know there's so much more that you've got um, in that deep well of knowledge that you have around the prophetic, but um, really been so grateful for your time today. But you also have a couple of books that you just want to share with us that uh, people might be able to access. Yeah, for sure. So two books. Um, uh, one is called The Supernatural Life and uh, all about the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, a theology of the Holy Spirit walking out in our practical life. And you can access that through our resource center at Numa Church. So just contact Numa.church and inquire about that, as well as a book called Prophetic Vision, which is all about the role of vision in our life, in our ministry, for our future, and and it's all about seeing God's future for our lives clearly. And uh, those two books are available through our resource center at numa.church. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Corey or Corcor. I'm Simone Turner, and it's been my privilege to host you today. Uh, Thank you for listening to Kingdom Perspectives. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be a great blessing to us. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and I invite you to join us again next week for another edition of Kingdom Perspective as we get God's perspective on life, culture, and ministry. Remember, in all that you do, seek first the kingdom of God.